from the Thai Cats Audio Network. This is Thai Cats Today with Louie Butko. Yes, it is Thai Cats Today for a Tuesday, July the 12th, 2022. Back at Tim Hortons Field. It feels so good. Of course, we were here Sunday, but uh, recording the show. Here at Tim Hortons Field today, which is always great to do, as the Ticats getting set for Saturday's game against the Ottawa Red Blacks. And keep in mind, it is a 5 o'clock kickoff here at Tim Hortons Field. And that means we'll be on the air at 4 o'clock. Andy Fantuz and Bubba O'Neill have Tiger Cats pregame presented by Journey Rewards. And then RJ Broadhead, Luke Tasker have the call starting at 5 o'clock. And again, all this week with the bye week over, uh, great original content on the Ticats Audio Network. Of course, you got me, Ticats Day, uh, throughout the whole week here, Monday to Friday. You got five full days of, uh, of Louis B. Uh, we also got a lot of other great shows going on. Of course, the Coach O Show is back. We had a brand new episode of the CFL this week. Morielle and Hitch is going to be dropping tomorrow. Uh, there's a brand new episode of Speaking with the Enemy on Thursday. AJ Jacobitz going to be stopping by and RJ and Luke back for Tiger Cats this week coming up later on on Friday. So remember to subscribe and like so you never miss an episode of this show or any other great shows on the Tiger Cats Audio Network. Just one piece of news to get to. As before practice today, the Ticats announced they released national running back Malik Irons. Uh, in a statement, Orlando Steinauer said, we would like to thank Malik for his three years with the Ticats organization and wish him all the best in the future. Irons played 24 games over three seasons in Hamilton. It's 74 carries for 324 yards and one rushing touchdown. So Malik Irons released by the Ticats today. Coming up on today's show... Always a great time when Steve Milton stops by. We'll get his thoughts on the team after their 0-4 start and still looking for that first win. So he's going to be by. Oh, we're going to hear from Coach O in just a second, as we always do on this show. Uh, we'll hear from Dylan Wynn, and we'll hear from Braylon Addison, too. That's uh, all coming up here. And let's start with Coach O. Here's what he had to say after practice today. And I asked him what he has learned about himself as a coach through this last stretch of games. Sometimes easy to forget. He's only been head coach for three seasons. His, this is his third season. So I wanted to know what he's learned in what's probably been the toughest stretch of results uh, for him as a head coach. Here's what he had to say. I just think I've learned something that uh, has been taught to me before I took this position, and that is that every year is different. Every year is different. There's no carryover from the year before. Yeah, you might have familiar names, but every year your football team is different and you're going to have to figure it out. And then you add, and the whys behind that are A, personnel changes, the obvious, but then there's injuries and those uncontrollable factors. So um, it, it, it tests you in that way. It tests your whole, it tests your whole organization, really, because, you know, we're all in this to win it. And uh, so it always, you're always getting tested. So it, it, really, it really matters what people are around you and who you surrounded yourself with and uh, who wants to go through adversity with you. No, I think, you know, that we're dealing with people, right? They're not robots. They're not perfect, right? And sometimes when you're talking about energy, you got to model it. And that's where your leaders come in. And to think that, you know, in a two-hour practice, uh, every single minute is going to be full of high energy, it's, that's probably a lofty goal. But at the same time, we don't ever desire to be flat. I would say that it's about the production and it's about the execution of live reps, right? I'm not, 
you know, body language around the building and preparation, that never has wavered. That's never been in question. That's never, you don't, you don't name somebody, um, you know, basically your, your starting quarterback uh, in the middle of free agency if all the boxes aren't checked, meaning some experience, lead naturally, um, all, the, all the things that we would want. Um, so he brings those every day and always has since he's been here, since he was a backup and throwing balls on the, on the look team or the scout team. And so it's about going out on the field and executing. So um, we're just looking for that. But I'm, bigger than that, it's about uh, game day execution. And there's so many facets that go into that. But ultimately, you know, that position is the toughest one on the field. And it's the position that uh, touches the football in every play. So it really has to come down to the game itself. 100%. Because that's where Yeah, you want to see great practices. You want to see improvement on little things that ultimately will make the big difference. Uh, but ultimately, when the lights are on, that's for every position. That's when you got to perform. That is the head coach and president of football operations of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Orlando Steinauer. Also had a chance to catch up with Dylan Wynn after practice today. Longtime vet of this team, one of the leaders on defense. Get his perspective on the 0-4 start. And Dylan Wynn many a times has said it's only a loss if you don't learn from it. So I had to ask after four losses, what has he learned about himself and his team? Here's what he had to say. We gotta finish. It's it's I mean, anybody who watches our games knows that. Uh, it's not to our standard, and we're, we're excited for this week to be able to, you know, show different product on the field. Um, we don't duck anything here, and we're just working and working and working. That's how we know. So um, it's a lot of learning early in the year so far, but um, rather learn early than late, huh? So um, we are going for sure in the right direction. We've put in great work this week. And uh, the details are there, you know, but nothing matters until game day. So we're excited to be able to show who we are coming up on this weekend. Well, okay, so growing up, I always kind of thought that, like, I had a saying growing up, you know, uh, you don't know you're working hard until you see hard work. And so we've, we've taken this mentality every single week. So it's not like... You know, we, we've been ducking off. It's not like we've been doing less. It's not like we've not been attention to details. But, um, you know, it doesn't – just little things you tighten up. You start noticing things, tighten up. Just like I said earlier, these learning experiences that are coming early, you learn from them and you find these holes. And so we tighten those up. And so the, de- the attention to detail has always been there. It's just the details get smaller and smaller as you're tightening other things. So um, it's not necessarily a huge difference, but there is we, – we know where the heat is and we know what our team is and um, how we've shown out, and we're not happy with it, you know. And that's something that we are working every day to rectify. My heart goes out to Masoli. I love Masoli. Um, he's very a guy. I've known him for a long time. You know, he's a teammate. And you never, never, never want to see somebody's, you know, uh, livelihood get, you know. It, we, we pay our kids with this. You know, we take care of our families. And um, I hope he heals fast. I hope he feel, heals real fast. Definitely was looking forward to competing against him because he's a hell of a competitor. But 
they have high tier quarterbacks on their roster. They have Evans. They have they just traded for Arbuckle. They have it's a, it's a challenge for us. It's not like anything's dipped down. It's not like really game plans change that much. Uh, Masoli does bring his own little tweaks, and not being able to play him, obviously, I would be lying if I said that that didn't change anything. Um, but it definitely isn't a foot off the gas pedal mentality. Um, we were not afforded that. Uh, we were going against whoever that they put out at quarterback brings their own challenges. And like I said, we all get paid to compete and produce. And uh, that's a challenge we're coming into this week as a top tier quarterback. And that is Dylan Wynn as he spoke after practice day. And you heard him there at the end talking about how he won't get the chance to go up against Jeremiah Masoli. Of course, Masoli was injured after what had been determined a, a dirty hit, an illegal hit as uh, the CFL. An update on, uh, we were talking about it yesterday, Garrett Marino. Uh, the CFL has suspended Marino for a total of four games. Uh, the league says it is its most severe total discipline ever imposed for in-game behavior during one game. And the, it's three separate suspensions all rolled into one. Uh, he had a two-game suspension for his dangerous and reckless low hit on Masoli, which resulted in injury and his ejection and his subsequent celebration. So that's the two-game suspension. A one-game suspension for verbal comments Marino made about Masoli's heritage during the game, which the league says clearly violates their code of conduct, and a one-game suspension for Marino's illegal and reckless tackle of an Ottawa offensive lineman on the previous play. So, yes, Marino, Garrett Marino has been suspended four games, and you may be saying that's not enough, that's too much. Uh, Steve Milton did the math, uh, four games as the NHL equivalent to 18 games, to an 82-game schedule. So just to put that into perspective, uh, just sometimes you hear four games and you think you might have, should have gotten more, maybe you should have gotten less, but uh, four games for Garrett Marino. Randy Ambrosi said, uh, this behavior has no place in our league. This discipline is intended to send a strong message that it will not be tolerated. And again, the... Uh, Cause and effect. The effect is that we will not get to see Jeremiah Masoli make his return to Tim Hortons Field on Saturday. Uh, one more piece of sound before we get to our friend Steve Milton, who was down here at practice today. Let's uh, hear from Braylon Addison. Here's what he had to say after practice. Um, I, I feel like, you know, and we as a team, we also feel like we've done some great things. Uh, you know, we've been having a problem finishing, but, um, you know, we're just trying to focus on the positive things, obviously correct the mistakes, but... Uh, you know, we had the bye week. You know, we want to come in day one today and clear all that. And, you know, now we're just trying to go 14 to 0. And it starts this week, you know, trying to win, you know, one game at a time and um, just keep keep climbing, keep clawing, keep fighting. Uh, I, I would say it's, it's almost impossible not to think about it because that's the facts. Um, the reality is, you know, we are 0 4. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, we, we said from day one in training camp that it was going to be adversity. Obviously, we didn't you know, expect to be 0-4, but we knew we would have some adversity, adversity when we met at McMaster for training camp. Um, you know, injuries, uh, turnovers in the game, penalties, a loss here, a loss there. Like I said, we didn't think it would be 0-4, but uh, you know, Coach O and the staff has prepared us for adversity. So, uh, you know, like I said, we obviously think about it as far as correcting mistakes and correcting things we did wrong, but 
you know, we just want to keep building and keep fighting. Uh, you know, just his, his willingness to, to keep getting better and keep fighting. Uh, like I said, as a team, we're all 0-4. We've all played a played a hand in a part of that. And, you know, I've been a quarterback before, so I know how it is when you, you're not winning. Everybody's going to blame it on, on Dane, but it's not Dane out there by itself. You know, it's a, it's a lot of things that, as a unit, the wideouts, the O-line, the running back, uh, running backs that we've done to, you know, kind of put some unnecessary pressure or stress on him. So, um, and, and Dana tell you, like, he wants to play better. Um, we all do. So it's not just Dane out there that's on four by itself. It's the Hamilton Tiger Cats that, that's on four. So um, the thing you got to love about a guy like that is, like, it's not going well for him. It's not going well for all of us. But he's coming in here every day trying to get better. He's coming in here every day, not backing down, not fearful. Obviously, you know, after games, he's upset because he cares, just like everybody else in that locker room. But I can tell you, you know, as a guy that plays and sits next to him every day, he's not ready to quit at all. He's going to keep fighting and keep getting better. And that is Braylon Addison as he spoke after practice. And just a reminder, full scrums available at Ticats.ca. And at the end, they're talking about his quarterback, Dane Evans, who uh, we heard from earlier in the week. All right, very pleased now to be joined by the Hamilton Spectators, Steve Milton and uh, Milty, the Ticats 0-4 coming off the bye week. I know I didn't see this coming. I don't think you saw this coming, and certainly the uh, players didn't see it coming either. Well, I mean, I think everybody on the team, every fan, every player, uh, every management type would say, uh, you and I would say, it's unacceptable. I mean, it's unacceptable for the talent you think they have. Now, you get to a point where it's 0-4, you start reassessing stuff, saying, are they as talented as we think? Uh, are, we, are we suffering from seeing them too too often, which is like, we know what these guys can do, or we think we know. Um, so, yeah, it's it's. is this a must-win to you? Yes. Yes. Considering yeah. Ottawa, considering it's going to be a third-string quarterback, backup quarterback, whoever it is, maybe it's Arbuckle still, but this is as big of a must-win game as I can remember this early in the season. I think so, and and, and we're already at the point, I hate to keep bringing this up, but a Ticat team that's so 0-4 has never made the playoffs. And you have to remember now, if you if you went to 0-5, this was this was true when they went to 0-4, is that it's very difficult to make it. Look at how uh, how many games you have to win and how you have to finish to finish 500. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would, if, even now, it would take a month to get back to 500. A month to get back to 500. So I hate to be so critical, but that's where you're at. And, and, and Orlando Steinhauer agreed that at, when you get to this point, the last time we talked to him, is that at this point, you are what your record says you are. And, and uh, that's enough evidence. It's a quarter of a season, just about. Yeah, I mean, you were doing the math for something yeah. else, yeah. those four games that have 18, and we yeah. did the math that an NHL equivalent would be 18 games, right. which isn't the whole season. No. But it's a big chunk. It's 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 enough to make some kinds of judgments, and we've been making those judgments. And yes, a lot of players have been hurt, and that yes, they're starting to get some of them back. Uh, one would be Don Jackson, of course, and 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 uh, that's that's very important. Uh, another one is is Coulter Woodmansey, who they got back last game. They got him in, then he had a week off a week off to to work on you know to you know to make sure he was healthy from from having had a first game of the year uh those i think woodmansey's return just as his insertion in the lineup last year at a certain point really it was kind of a small turning point for the team last year but an important one Mm -hmm. they went with an offensive line said we'll live with mistakes 
and and hopefully he'll develop and and we're supposed to see this year the uh, the fruition of that unfortunately he got hurt so there's been a bit of a delay in his development there but uh that's that's a that's a big thing because it does solidify the middle of that line as long as nobody else gets hurt and we can't guarantee that <laughs> well Kyle Saxlid's still out he of course was the the big yeah. deal on uh uh, draft day, but Alex Fontana back out here, activated off the six-game injury list. Looks like he's going to be the starting center. This is as close to a healthy what the Ticats thought they were getting offensive line with the addition of a new guy. Well, particularly from from left guard to, to right tackle. Yeah. Right. So the four Canadians there with with Chris at uh, Venzile at, at the right side. That this is what they envisioned, uh, and and uh, I think that. You know, we'll see where, where it goes at left tackle and what they have there and, you know, how much they start using tight ends and those kinds of things, which they must. They've got to improve the pressure uh, or, uh, or the uh, uh, resistance to pressure, particularly uh, there's two, two ways that they, they have to do that specifically. They've got to be way better on first down. And they have to be way less predictable on second, right? And and uh, so, and then there's another of sub factors to that. You know, get those receivers open. If you're going to use a, a tight end that, that isn't going to catch the ball, first of all, you've got to get him the ball occasionally, so he isn't just a blocker, and so he does occupy a player that that would normally cover others. Or you're just trying to go down there with four four receivers, and and uh, that's not the way this team has played over the years. It's just. Last time you were in this building, Coach said, something's got to change. This yeah. was before the bye week. Dane said, something's got to change. You look at this roster, you look at everybody who was here at 0-4 and who's back this week, not much has changed. Punting. Punting. That's uh, we'll see where, where that is. I mean, look, Ryan didn't – Ryan was good enough to play in, in, in Saskatchewan, but he got – and he was – pretty vocal about it and 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 so we're an awful lot of other canadian kickers in the league who were saying whoa this whole thing's going to become a global position and both you and i talked about it at the start of the year and it looked like that was the way it was going to be here and uh, four global kickers yeah, a bunch of global yeah. kickers and, and because it works roster wise that's the problem when it's it's one of the inherent problems of all roster ratio type things whether it's canadian american or global canadian american there there are things that happen that normally wouldn't, and 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 it looked like it was going to be pigeonholed there, uh, for the most part, to to kickers, and and that isn't just limited to this league. Um, take a look what's happening at U.S. colleges, and there's a there's a zillion Australians kicking in that in 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 the league because they kick all their life, and they kick a certain way all their life, and it's it's it they can kick under a lot of different circumstances. Now it hasn't worked out here. Uh, this. Ryan can do a lot of things very well. He can really thunder it. He's got good hang time, and he's a pretty good angle kicker. And the biggest thing is he's kicked a ton under pressure, and this is underrated, and I know I'm going to hear from the Ticat management when I say this, but he's kicked <laughs> in a lot of win situations. Yeah. He played in Saskatchewan, yeah. Winnipeg, and Green Bay. Seattle. <laughs> and, and well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that stadium is uniquely yeah, situated so, in its way. In its way, too, yeah. yeah. So so I don't think the wind will phase him here. No. Um, so that's, that's, uh, that's, that's a start of something. And we'll see what happens with place kicking, too. I mean, they, they love Seth Smart when they had him here. I mean, he kicked that 51, what, 51? Three for three, three for three. And one the was 51 in the, the, in the pre, yeah. pre There just was no room for him yeah. because of the aforementioned uh, global situation and ratio situation. Well, they're biting some bullets here. And part of it is because they're getting Canadian linemen back. 
And if they get Saxel it back, that'll help. But, you know, Jesse Gibbons had a, you know, he's, he's improved this year for sure. And I think you, you, you can live with him as sort of the guy that has to play through the the line for sure. You can at least live with him. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and maybe more than There's that sometimes. There's a reason they kept him around. Yeah, that's right. Right? Yeah, he's a, he's he, he proved something last year this offseason that that made them want him back that's right and 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 i think as again we've talked about this before we've been spoiled over the years with people like revenberg even woodmancy uh sirocco guys that developed and you knew even though they didn't necessarily get in the lineup on opening night they were going to be there sometime in the first year and that doesn't happen you think it happens more than it does it doesn't it it, it's hard to do and it gives a big jump from Canadian college ball, for the most part, yeah. to, to, to Canadian professional football. Because that's usually where we see, you know, rookies, year two guys. That's usually when, you know, we've si- seen it a couple times this year with some of the guys that they didn't keep around. They had a decent rookie season, but just couldn't crack the line. Well, there has two. to be a step, and there has to be a step. Yeah. There has to be a progression. More people that, that have very long careers uh, in the interior line that are Canadian linemen uh, resemble the careers of... Uh, of of Jesse, Jesse mirrors that more than say say a Revenberg and a Sirocco do. And yeah. The trouble is, as fans and and outs and reporters, we get used to seeing yeah. that kind of develop, and we think every player yeah. is like that. They aren't. Yeah. Uh, Dane, yeah, obviously needs to take care of the football a little bit better. He said that four fumbles lost. It's not just the interceptions; it's the four fumbles lost. It's a couple more that were recovered too. A couple more that were recovered. <laughs> um, how how does he how does he address that? Like how what does he what does he do? Or what are you watching for him at practice? Self control. Uh, not trying to do too much, and and quarterbacks will always tell you that's where they are, and Dane knows that from an intellect standpoint, but you've got to sort of separate. You've got to make sure that the intellect takes over at times there instead of he was trying too hard on, on several of those. Uh, uh, even the balls that were de- deflected, they got to be caught, but, but really a couple of those shouldn't have been thrown. Caught where they were. Yeah, and, and, uh, and then striving for those extra yards, that's where that extra competitiveness can sometimes hurt you. Now, on the one he was going to fall down, and you don't want to hurt. You know, you don't. You need to break the fall, so he probably. But you got to tuck that ball better, and you have to work on it. And I don't know how you do it. Do you sleep with a football? I mean, that's what. It, it's unacceptable. You just can't have those kinds of turnovers. And he'd be the first guy, and has been the first guy to tell you that. So uh, yeah, that that's what has to happen. He's got. They've got to protect him better, and and I think that's on the coaching. You know, like to me. Uh, and this goes back a while. Um, the the uh, it's one of the reasons that the drive that Mazzoli made. This is a sidebar here. The Mazzoli made in the Grey Cup into the wind at the end was was so good because it's not what they'd done hmm. during the year because teams would come at them on that second downs and first downs deep in in their own end and they hadn't done very well with those things all year, hmm. even though they had, they had a you know winning record barely, but they had a winning record and and and. Uh, um, and that so it's been a been a an, an issue here of uh, just making sure that that they that they pick up that blitz they know but the and reading the blitz that's coming on second down and and again as I mentioned at the top of this little discussion the you got to do better on first down to make it so that the defense has fewer options 
uh, on on yeah. second down because they can come from anywhere when it's second and eight and they can disguise it a lot better you know and, and sometimes you just can't pick it up sometimes they'll just overload that one side whatever side they decide to come and maybe they, they send seven against five blo- five blockers that's pretty tough mm-hmm. well lots to chew on there melty thanks for doing this okay my thanks to the Hamilton Spectators, Steve Milton, for joining me today. And my thanks to you for tuning in because we don't do the show without your support. We are back tomorrow. I'm Louis Butko from all of us here at the Ticats Audio Network. Hoping you have a great day. Ticats today can be heard every weekday. And we would like to hear from you. Email us at gameday at tiecats.ca. Have a question or an opinion? We want to hear it. That's gameday at tiecats.ca. Subscribe to the Ticats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.